Anybody who's ever worked on a laptop knows that it is not meant to be repaired. It can be repaired as a last resort, but it is not meant to be repaired. The Manchester Declaration is not only talking about the fact that we need more repairable kit, but that manufacturers have a responsibility to make kit repairable. It's not that we want an easy life. We're happy to work hard to get this kit working again. Through the fixometer, we have the opportunity to recognise what the impact of what we're doing is ecologically, to actually be able to quantify the benefit to the world in in ecological terms is is amazing. Welcome to Restart Radio. I'm Dave Pickering and I make a monthly podcast for the Restart Project. The Restart Project is a London-based charity and social enterprise whose mission is to spark reflection and change in our relationship with gadgets. Before we dive into today's podcast, we have a Restart Radio announcement. We want to hear your thoughts about Restart Radio, both on the live Resonance FM radio shows and podcasts like this one. So please head over to therestartproject.org forward slash radio hyphen survey and help us to make this your Restart Radio. In today's episode, we celebrate West Fleetwood Computer Clinic, a grassroots initiative by and for the community that aims to lower the barriers that people face when they access technology and to help them to make their devices last for longer. It's an initiative that happened independently, but that shares the aims and the spirit of the Restart Project. We found out about what they were doing when they signed up to the Manchester Declaration, which was created after FixFest UK, which happened on the 6th of October last year, and brings together repair volunteers and activists to put pressure on UK policymakers, product manufacturers and designers to produce products that offer a right to repair to their users. When they signed up, the Restart Project reached out to them and they invited me to come to Fleetwood to see for myself what they're doing. I visited the home of Dave and Anne Carlos, who are the founders of the West Fleetwood Computer Clinic. And after enjoying the regular dinner that they put on before a computer clinic for visiting repairers, I went into Dave's study with him to sit down and chat about how and why the computer club exists. And after doing that, we all piled into some cars and drove to the Russell Tavern, where the computer clinic takes place. So today you'll hear not only a full interview with Dave Carlos, but also audio from the very busy computer clinic where I interviewed some of the people involved in organising the clinic, some of the people attending the clinic, and Pastor Rob Guinea from the Emmanuel Church, the church which set up the computer clinic in the first place. It was a real pleasure to be welcomed so warmly by that community in Fleetwood. And it's even more of a pleasure to be able to connect that community with more people through today's podcast. I'm Dave Carlos. I founded the West Fleetwood Computer Clinic about six years ago. I'm an ex-geek of all kinds of areas. I've installed networks. I've done all kinds of computer work. But I used to be the editor of Home Computing Weekly in the mid-80s. How and when did the West Fleetwood Computer Clinic start? Well, about uh, six years ago, in fact, it's over six years now, we started as a way of supporting the local community here. I'm a member of a church in this area, and we wanted to serve the community 
technology in all different kinds of ways. We run a Pilates class and do one or two other things, but we decided that a computer clinic was something that would benefit this area. But most computer clubs are about individual learning, lifelong learning and so on and so forth. And I didn't want this to be that. I wanted this to be something that would serve a community by providing help and training to those who needed it at the point of need. So the idea was that this is a drop-in. It's a regular drop-in, so it's every other Monday, Bank Holidays accepted. We invite people to bring their technology and to come and just say, this is my problem today, or to say, I haven't brought any technology, but I'm having trouble with this. I mean, one of the first ones we got was, I'm struggling to use some videos that I need in a talk that I do for community groups. Can you help me? So we sat with this gentleman and we worked through how he was using the videos and we made it possible for him to use them much more simply and much more easily. So it it was originally about that. It's changed a little since then, which we might come on to, but that was the original motivation. My name's Rob Guinea, and I'm the pastor of the Emmanuel Church in Fleetwood. And about six years ago, we decided to uh, plant a church here on this estate where there's no church. Uh, the idea was, I guess, gone are the days when people are coming into the churches, so let's get out amongst the people. And the clinic idea came from Dave, just as a way to get to know people, but also to do something to put something into the community. You know, we believe that part of what we're supposed to do is bless the community where we are. And I guess we looked around and thought, well, what can we do? We can't do this and we can't do that, but oh, we have got a couple of guys that are into computers so we can do this and and you're a church without an actual physical church right (laughs) well we regard the church as the people but that building yeah i mean we're part of a bigger church that has a building but here on this estate and on the westview estate no we wanted to use community spaces we wanted to use pubs and to do what jesus did really and and get out to where the the people are you know i think the church has uh, maybe been quite slow at getting involved in ecological issues and the environment and i think that's another mandate we have as christians i think to care for the world that God has given us. So again, just seeing equipment being reused rather than thrown away is all part of where we should be as a church. It evolved, right? It evolved from your original idea in some ways. From talking to you previously to this recording, you set out with a software focus and it's kind of evolved since then, right? Yes, it has. I mean, it's evolved in all kinds of ways. All of a sudden, we got more geeks and that meant that we could do more. So that was interesting. There's more people now who are members of the geek team. We call ourselves geeks. We're happy to do that. One of the main ways it has evolved, we originally, as you said, started with a software focus or a training purpose but we found there definitely was a need for people to have a hardware kind of support as well and this particularly started when one evening a lady came who had her computer looked at by somebody locally whom she paid quite a lot of money or what to her was quite a lot of money to have it sorted the screen had gone and when it was returned to her the machine was smashed it was in pieces the screen was hanging off she hadn't been supplied back with the screen that she'd originally taken off and somebody had made a right mess of this machine She was in tears. This was important to her work, mother of young children. It was something she was using for her training. She was in tears. It was desperate. We had a look and discovered that the part that she needed was available. It was about £28. And so we said to her, well, we will put it right for you. We can do it and we will do it. Up to that point, we'd never really done any hardware repairs. The touching bit was she turned to her mother who'd come with her. Despite the fact she was mother of of young kids, her mother was with her. And she looked at her mum and her mum said, don't worry, darling, I'll pay 
for it. And so £28 was way more than this young woman could afford. So we got the part and two weeks later we put it back together. I think it took about 45 minutes. Put it back together and it started up exactly where she'd left it about six months earlier. We then proceeded to do all the other things we do. We clean all the machines of unwanted software and so on and so forth. We make sure people have got the tools to keep their machines as clean as they can. And we gave it back to her and she was over the moon absolutely over the moon and then we said to her you didn't bring us a power supply when you brought this in do you have a power supply oh no 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 i don't have one of those then how do you keep it charged how do you make it work oh well i borrow my partner's power supply he has one that fits and so we've two computers but we've only one power supply and you kind of think this is serious stuff these people need the technology but they really don't have what they need and so a couple of weeks later we happened across a power supply that would fit her machine so i drove around to her home and delivered her a power supply at which point again she was just so grateful and so over the moon so we started doing hardware repairs And that touches on another area where it's evolved and how it kind of fits with the community. So that's another facet of what you do is you get given kit, you improve that kit, look after that kit and clean it up and then give it out to to people within the community, right? Yes, we'd never expected that. We'd never expected that people would start donating stuff to us. And it happened very quickly and in large quantities. In one year, we did 120 computers. We gave away 120 computers, which means we must have been given more than 120. Because some of them we have to Frankenstein, we have to take two and turn it into one and things like that. So we must have been given 150 or whatever. And so we prepared these machines and with a geek team of four of us, we prepared these machines to a standard. We all developed, we have geek meets. We get together in between meetings, usually on a Tuesday afternoon. And uh, we developed a strategy as to how we wanted these machines to be when they left us. So they all had to have an anti-malware on it. They all had to have uh, antivirus. They all had to have a cleaner and so on and so forth. And so we we put them together in a particular way and then uh, handed them out as required. Some of them went to charities. A lot went to local charities, people like the Scouts, the Guides, Army Cadets, Air Cadets, Sea Cadets, the RSPCA. The other target that we have for machines that have been donated to us is, is job seekers. So we're in touch with the local library who have a lot of job seekers come in to use their computers. And uh, if they see somebody on a regular basis who clearly needs help, we will endeavour to provide them with a computer. I'm Stephen Berger. I'm a geek for Dave. (laughs) Sounds like that should be a hashtag. Why did you join this group and and how have you found being one of the geeks? Well, I wanted to give something back that I'd already received and that's why I started doing the geek. I've enjoyed working with computers, I always have done since 1980 when I first had my first computer. And I've always been interested in how it worked and so I took it from there and I eventually met David and he's helped me an awful lot in carrying my knowledge forward. Sometimes he tells me off but that's part of it, isn't it? (laughs) And I wanted to pass on my knowledge of the computers to others. That's my main doing it. It's a feeling I give them back to the community which I really enjoy doing. It grows, I mean relationships grow which is good. I do some at home privately. Same thing. I don't charge. I ask people to give the local community a donation, either to the church or to a dog 
group I belong to. The guys that come and help out have become a wonderful little community all of their own. So initially we thought this was going to be something that was going to be really helpful to the community at large, and it is, but the sort of half a dozen or so folk that have become regular helpers, I don't know if I'm allowed to use the word geeks. They've been using it all the way, they're really proud to use that word. So what we found is that, um, I'm sure they won't mind me telling you, they've become a little community of their own, and I guess they're maybe not all of them the sort of people that would go and join a Domino's club or something like this. Some of them are older guys that don't you know, see a lot of people and we've found that they've been caring for one another, visiting each other when they're ill and all the rest of it. So that was an entire spin-off from the whole purpose of the thing which has been, been lovely in itself. Right, I mean and not all of the geeks are members of the church as well. Like It may start to sound like this is church only but you're a wider community that embraces everybody, right? Absolutely, we like to say we're a church um, for everyone. The people that, that, that come to the, the clinic to help or to take advantage of the service, there's, there's no way in which we were putting any pressure on them to become part of the church to become believers you know that's up to them that's their journey we just believe that we're doing what we're supposed to do making some sort of contribution maybe in our own small way making the world a little bit better and then what people do with that is up to them That's a crucial part of what you've been doing, Dave, in that you haven't been charging people. One of the things that you were sort of saying, you might charge for a spare part and you might sell something that you've upgraded, but you don't charge people for membership or anything of this club. No, we don't want to do that. To be honest, the reason that I'm very, very strong on that is that I believe far too many churches are asking for money from far too many people. Then it's totally inappropriate in my view. The church shouldn't be asking people for money. So I have a thing about that. And so we decided that the community clinic, the the computer clinic, would not accept. People are generous, people are kind, and they want to appreciate what you've done for them. And they will try and give you a donation. But we will say, look, we can't accept that. We, We don't accept donations. It's very kind, but we do this because we want to be involved with the community. If you really do want to make a donation, then give it to the Lifeboats or or the RSPCA or or a a charity you care about. We don't need to earn money from this. We're all retired people or people who have spare time that we can give to this, and we don't need any money. We do need a little bit of money, but that's not a problem. We can cover that. One of the reasons why it's really important to have an organisation like yours that doesn't charge people money is that money is often one of the big barriers for people repairing their technology, for people accessing services that they need to access through their technology and I guess that's very pertinent in a community like West Fleetwood. Fleetwood is a a very interesting place it's in the bottom 10% of life expectancy in this country now that generally is an indicator of deprivation of one kind or another this was at one point a successful fishing town incredibly successful fishing town it's had all kinds of lives as Fleetwood but it's fallen over the years on hard times and that means there are people who just don't have the opportunity to spend money on technology, have to work with the technology they've got and do their darndest to make it last longer, which ecologically is wonderful, but is difficult for them if they've literally no money. And I told you the story about the lady who was in tears. Fleetwood was a fishing town and was prosperous in its day, but like a lot of places, it suffered a lot of deprivation over these last few years. Getting computers repaired, even getting help with software or even how just to use your tablet or even how to do simple things on your mobile our phone for some people there just isn't the help out there unless you're willing to pay for it and there's not a lot of, of ready cash around to pay for it I mean it's a, a town of contrasts and there are obviously more affluent areas but those tend to then be populated by people of a, perhaps an older disposition who have their own issues
issues with technology and, and software. And again, you know, getting someone who will sit down with you, not look at you like you're an idiot or charge you a, a fortune, means then that technology, I think, becomes more accessible to people who may be put off by those things. Community events like this and also, I guess, church are opportunities for affluent communities and less affluent communities to become a community together and to kind of find ways they can share different things that they might bring from their different perspectives and I guess that's the kind of thing that's happening here. That is absolutely right. I mean that's something beautiful that we're seeing happening just in the church in general but again the computer clinic seems to sort of symbolise that and that is exactly what is happening. Yeah people with skills or with resources are able to make a contribution to those that haven't got the skills, haven't got the resources and friendships develop and community develops. We want to see that community benefit and grow and be blessed uh, in all kinds of ways. We just happen to be people who've got the skill. It's not hard for us. It is for other people. One of the reasons I think people come to us rather than necessarily go to a local shop is that they don't want to make themselves liable to a big bill. And they walk in through the door and they, they say to the guy, can you repair this? What's wrong with it? And they don't want to discover that they're beholden to somebody for something that they can't pay for. And there are occasions when people will come and see us and they'll say, can you tell me what's wrong with it? And we say, yes, we can certainly do that. Then they'll say, well, do you know where I should take it? And we will advise them on where to take it. Somebody who will not rip them off, who will not leave them with a smash machine or whatever it, it would be. Sometimes we'll say well actually we can do this for you There's, there may be a spare part required and we'll generally in front of the people we, we do all the repairs in front of everybody we also look up parts we see if we can find the spare parts that are needed and we'll show people how much it's costing so they've got a real good idea of what the cost is going to be but we depend a great deal on the generosity of other people whether it's donating equipment to us the tavern where we meet every other Monday there's no charge for that space so the gentleman here it's got an ill motherboard because the speaker phone has broken off on the motherboard. The replacement for this is either a new motherboard or a hot glue repair, which obviously is going to be the cheapest one. Probably the gentleman, I don't know. What what are you going to do with it? Throw it away? With this? No, no. I still use it, but I was thinking it's nearly at the end of its days because it keeps going off and then you've got to reboot and then come back on and... And you know, it was, but it, it still works. That's him out where? Oh, my name's Jeff, Jeff Pearson, and I brought, what's it called? This? HP Pavilion. So that's a laptop with you. We've been talking about your fix, haven't we, just now? Is this your first time in? This is my very first time here, yes. And how are you finding it? Brilliant. I've learnt so much in about five minutes. How did you find out about it? Facebook. <laughs> My name's Norma and I'm part of Emmanuel Church West who run this computer clinic just to help out in the community. And you're part of the reception team, right? That's right, yeah. How's it been, being at the reception in this clinic? It's been really good because we get a chance to talk to people when they're waiting to be seen. It's a free service, so there's no appointment. It's first come, first served. People are usually very grateful. Even if we can't fix their problems, they've come out and they've had a chat with somebody and they go away quite happy usually. How do you sell it to people when you're trying to tell them to come? Well, most people are just so frustrated with computer problems they don't know where to go to find somebody they trust to do it and also that's not going to cost them 
a fortune. So you don't actually have to sell it, it sells itself. As soon as you say to somebody, this service is available, they go, oh yes, I've got a problem in mind. They bring it along. Definitely don't need a hard sell for it. And I guess the fact that it's free, like you say, is a really important part of what's happening here. Yes, it is. And it's, it's really nice that people do appreciate it. Although we say we're from a church and we tell them what we're about, we've never had anybody walk away yet because they think we're religious fanatics or anything like that. They're just really grateful for somebody's helping them. A couple of gentlemen who came in initially just to have a quick fix on something have come back because they like the atmosphere. They don't perhaps need anything done with their computers or anything like that, but they've come back to socialise and uh, perhaps they feel safe with us, I don't know. And they've made friends with other people here and it just spreads out then, group of contacts and friends grows and grows and it's been brilliant. You generally seem to have a very accessible, down-to-earth kind of approach. Like one of the things that you said to me before we started recording was about how you may be proud geeks, but you don't use geek language when you're telling people how their technology works. It doesn't help. It's a barrier. In the 80s, we used to talk about computer guys as, as being a priesthood and they behaved like a priesthood. They had their own language and their own clothing and their own this and their own that and their own that. It doesn't help. It doesn't help people to be in contact with their own technology, feel that they've got an understanding of what's going on. So we try and explain everything as simply as possible. I'm Susan and part of reception, really, just as people come along sort of just to book them in, point them to the right person that's going to look after them and hopefully talk to them a little bit as well while they're waiting. Sometimes it can take a while, especially if it's a virus or something like that. So just talk a little bit, you know, about what's happening. And, uh, and initially, computer clinics set up as part of Emmanuel Church West. I'm sure you've had that explained to you. Um, so hopefully we get opportunity to talk a little bit about our faith as well to people. How important do you think it is to own a computer and be able to use a computer now? I mean, you see, you'll see this firsthand. So in this day and age, yeah, it's the way forward. Everybody expects you to be able to, to go online to look something up. I mean, the internet's great. We just, you know, I don't know what we did before Google <laughs> to find the answer to, to something. Right. So, so, yeah, I think sort of if you, if you can't do that, it, it does exclude you from a lot of things. But on the other hand, social media can be a bit of a pain as well, can't it? But, but yeah, yeah, there's yeah, probably more advantages than disadvantages. Since we've been involved with the Restart Project, we've actually started to record our statistics and to note down just what we've done and how we've done it and what it's involved. Because now, through the Fixometer, we have the opportunity to recognise what the impact of what we're doing is ecologically. That's thrilling for us because we know we've been doing some stuff, but to actually be able to quantify the benefits to the world in, in ecological terms is, is amazing. So I'm very thrilled about that opportunity. So the reception team also do our statistics and record all of our repairs. But we've never been able to quantify exactly what impact we've been having. And so to be able to use the fixometer to record our repairs and then see the result in terms of carbon dioxide and landfill saved and so on and so forth is, is very exciting. <laughs> Anybody who's ever worked on a laptop knows that it is not meant to be repaired. It can be repaired as a last resort, but it is not meant to be repaired. And so uh, the Manchester Declaration is not only talking about the fact that we need more repairable kit, but that manufacturers have a responsibility to make kit repairable. It's not that we want an easy life, we're happy to work hard to get this kit working again, but... 
there is no reason for some of the things they do, where they're gluing in parts which, quite honestly, don't need to be glued. They could very easily be screwed, which means they can be unscrewed. I mean, I could be nasty to one of the major manufacturers who seems to glue everything, and that makes life very, very difficult indeed. So we will tackle most things, but where the danger of killing the thing is greater than the danger of getting it going again, or greater than the opportunity to get it going again, then we will uh, we will question that. But the manufacturers have got to take the responsibility for making the kit easy to upgrade, easy to repair, and with a realistic possibility of it having a decent life that makes it worthwhile manufacturing in the first place. You're doing some repair and also you're collecting data on that repair, as we've, we've also heard. I mean, how much repair happens and, and does it all happen in the clinic or does it kind of morph out into other kind of areas of the community? We repair as much as we can in the clinic at the time if there's no parts required we will do that but where you've got a broken screen screens are very difficult to find replacements for because the same model the exact same model of computer can have three or four different screen designs in it and so you have to take those apart to get the correct model numbers to get the correct part and so that tends to be a two clinic issue because we've got to take it apart to get the correct model number and then we've to get the replacement and put it in. But we've done screen repairs, we've done fan cleaning, we've done uh, hard drive replacements, we've done keyboard replacements, all in the pub. This couple have come in with two separate machines, one of which has got a physical problem on the sound system. We're beginning to think it's also malware riddled. Right. Right, so the usual, it's so slow, is a key to that. I'm going to need to get a new power supply out, so give me a second. So Dave's taken out a series of different connector plugs for going into a laptop and he's tried each one till he's found the one that fits a little bit like cinderella it is it's definitely like cinderella it's a difficult thing uh, again you'd have thought that somebody could standardize the ports going into laptops but actually the manufacturers make it more difficult by testing the ports sometimes to see if it's one of their manufacturer. And if it isn't, they'll refuse to charge the battery. What's the logic of that? What is the logic of that? I don't get it. But it's protectionism. I get that bit. It's just it's very frustrating for the user. Colin's busy working on a, a laptop that we see fairly regularly. This client always brings a list of things he wants to look at. So I looked at his list earlier, it's an A4 sheet filled top to bottom of things that he wants to look at. So it'll be a full description of the faults or the issue he wants addressing. As I say, this is a client we see relatively regularly. He does his little descriptions, which is very helpful because we can go directly to the problem. Most people come in and say, it's slow or it's not working and then we have to work out and diagnose it ourselves I guess it's like how if somebody has a lot of opinions about what's wrong with their physical health that's useful for a doctor same thing with the computer people will try and diagnose it quite right good for them but very often what they miss is malware particularly potentially unwanted programs as they're called pups and uh, we remove thousands of those during a year you moved from doing the software to reluctantly doing some hardware repairs let's say what was the kind of catalyst for you deciding to take on the extra technological elements of of what you're doing it's hard to say i think it was compassion to an extent the story i told you earlier about the lady and her smashed uh, laptop we began to realize that not everybody who claims to repair these things actually does a good job and that upset us at that point we didn't know who to send her to so we've had to do research since then to make sure that we know who the trustworthy repairers are, and we will recommend them to people rather than letting them go to some of the cowboys, sadly.
sadly there are cowboys out there. So that's part of it. Part of it is the fact that this community isn't awash with money. And we know that uh, people are buying second-hand computers and they're getting two or three years out of them and then they're thinking, well, it's dead, I'm going to have to go and get another one. Whereas when we look at it, we'll say to them, but hang on, there's life in that yet. If not for you, there's life for somebody else in that. There's a job seeker who would love that. But if you want it repairing for you, we'll happily repair it for you. That's our best result. I think we started reluctantly. I'm not absolutely sure where that reluctant now i think we've we've actually got into the drift of it we do quite enjoy the hardware repairs we still love advising people though we still love meeting the person who's stuck on something but by far the biggest thing we see on almost every machine is uh, is malware infections malware infestations is the only way to put it and we do not let any machine leave with with malware on it doesn't matter if it came in for a fan cleaning we will absolutely guarantee a motor mechanic friend of mine once said that uh, he had to check the water the oil and the tires and we have a similar thing malware cleaning antivirus and we don't let a machine leave without those things being in place you make sure that your computers that you work on go out clean in terms of their data but one of the things that we were talking about at dinner while we were actually eating was how like there's an other element of kind of cleaning that comes into the work you do specifically in terms of the technology that gets donated to you that you then repurpose and improve you were telling me about how dirty it is and how you maybe need a mask to do some of that work yeah, I actually have eye, eye uh, coverings and masks and uh, rubber gloves because some of the machines that we're given, we don't always know the history of them. And actually, I think sometimes the donors don't know the history of them. But we get this kit and it can be filthy. We can identify who has a dog. We can identify who smokes because as soon as we open the machine, we see the signs. Dog hair gets into laptops and absolutely kills them. We know that for a fact. Smoking is really not very good near a computer. A computer that's opened up that's belong to a smoker has an orange fan the nicotine and the tar is such that it stains the fan orange and so we can see all these things inside the machine and i have to protect myself because of the amount of stuff there is inside these machines How important are the social impacts, the social ties and the social aspects of what you do and of people's relationship to computers and the internet? Well, for us, I think it's absolutely crucial. We set out to do this because we felt it would have a social impact. It would allow people to apply for jobs that they wouldn't otherwise be able to apply to. And that meant, for some people, they would keep their benefits. That's an incredible social impact as well as an economic impact. We set out to do this because we wanted to meet people in the community. We wanted to talk to the people in our community. That's actually quite hard for a church because most people see a church as something that's actually a closed doors and something for those that go but not for something for the people in the community so we want to meet the community and learn what their concerns are so we can better meet their needs for the individuals i think it can be actually life-changing again we're back to that lady in her smashed laptop for her it was damaging her ability to improve herself to advance at work to do her study and put her assignments in we had another lady quite recently who was on a university course as a, a mum and uh, needed help with her machine so that she could get back with a nurse two or three weeks ago who was doing her nurse practitioner and her computer had gone wrong and she was stuck so she couldn't actually complete that and so it has incredible social impacts if we're helping a nurse to qualify as a nurse practitioner that has 
social impact way beyond anything to do with Fleetwood. That's somebody who's going to be benefiting the community in all kinds of ways. And she was enabled to do that by her technology actually being able to be used. I actually don't think this is difficult. I actually think that anybody could set this up. I I don't... No, perhaps not anybody. Anybody with an interest and a skill with computers could do this for their community. It isn't hard. It just needs a little bit of... uh, understanding and and the the opportunity to find somewhere that people can come easily and then using non-technical language to help people through their challenges. But it isn't rocket science, this. You don't have to have a PhD in quantum engineering to understand these things. They are actually quite modular and it is possible to repair them relatively easily. Not as easily as we'd like, but they don't need to be scrapped and it breaks my heart to see somebody throwing away a two or three year old computer because they don't think it can be repaired it's just wrong i think it's really interesting that what's happening in west fleetwood happened because the people running the computer clinic set out with social aims looking to connect communities together across economic and knowledge barriers but also looking to engage in an act of service to the community I'm not personally religious, and I'm sure that people listening to this will have many different faiths or no faith at all. People come to the repair movement from lots of different backgrounds and from lots of different perspectives, and all of those different ways of looking at these issues serve to enrich all of the other ways. I really loved the way that Dave and Anne and Steve and the other people that I met from the Emmanuel Church were putting humans right at the centre of everything that they were doing. All of the different things that the West Fleetwood Computer Clinic has evolved into come from a place of wanting to help people and to build bridges between people. And it's significant that West Fleetwood are thinking further than their own community. By signing the Manchester Declaration and getting involved with the Right to Repair movement, and by sharing the data that they gather and finding out what impacts that has through the Restart Project's Fixometer, the community that is being formed in West Fleetwood around the repair clinic, linked together by service and faith and friendship and love, is reaching out and becoming part of a wider network of communities that together are improving things for each other and for the planet that we are all a part of. Restart Radio is a show aired on Resonance 104.4 FM and a monthly podcast uploaded to the Restart Project website and found wherever you get your podcasts. As with all episodes of Restart Radio, we'll include links with background information to all of the issues and stories discussed over at therestartproject.org. The music that you've heard in today's episode was made with lasers and repurposed electronics and is a collaboration between Opto Noise and Cassini Sound. And big thanks to Restart's communications assistant, Isabel, who did the research and planning for this episode.
it's time to pack up the equipment and say goodbye to each other. Goodbye, everybody. 